0: Welcome to another episode of Hangovers and Hand Grenades. Episode Episode 5. Riding off the heels of the bodybuilder, acoustic guitar, and legendary voice moving to Florida. We will be introducing a new guest. So let's get this party started. I just peaked out after coming into this, man. Uh, So, uh, welcome back to another episode of Hangovers and Hand Grenades. Justin, are you there? Speak Speak to me from from the from the the beyond.
1: I'm here, man. Can you hear me?
0: I can hear you. I've got my Ouija board out, and I'm about to summon our next guest. Who do we got? Who do we got? I'm moving it around. Spirits. Spirits of the musical universe, speak to me. I need a man that is... Similar to the last guest that we had. Please make him strong and sexy and handsome and pretty to look at and super talented and definitely don't make him a really fat comedian who's a self-proclaimed fast food voice at Taco Bell, former podcaster, rapper, and ordained minister or priest of some sort of religious sect. Bring him on to me, spirits of the underworld. Underworld. underworld.
2: Bring him Bring forward. Hey, everybody. How's it going? How's... You got a really nice studio here, man. It looks just a lot like my bedroom.
0: <laughs> Crap, we've got Dwayne, aka Cap D. Yeah, Guys, so
2: at least I get invited places sometimes. I mean, thank you for having me.
1: It's really the only place you can go.
0: Yeah, I mean, like I did ask. I did ask for. I guess. I guess all those things. Yeah. Right at the back end, though, I thought I had said, "Don't bring." everything that I just listed, that you are that, right? So I guess I just summoned a demon and not, not the angel that I had br- br- in the previous episode.
2: I'm sorry, man, I misheard you. It must be your accent.
0: Mm, mm. Oh, my accent that I don't have. Well, that's why you're yeah. the funny man.
2: <laughs> well, I mean, you have an accent from somewhere. You have an accent from somewhere. I mean, somebody in France land out in, in France would be like, oh, that guy has an accent. And then he would say, "Wee oui, wee." Oui, I think you've never
0: been I don't there. Really know. You've never been to France. I don't speak huh? French.
2: <laughs> I've had French fries. Does that count?
0: <laughs> I think it counts for something somewhere, Dwayne. Um, but
2: yes, as I was gonna say, I learned something about I learned something about French fries recently. Uh, the first French fry wasn't made in France.
0: No sons of bitches, where was it made?
2: No, it was made in Greece.
0: In Greece, New York. Like oh Jesus yeah. Christ. Are you talking about like G R E A S E? Aren't you? Not G R E A S E. I sure the
2: fuck. I sure am.
0: Ah. Got him. That's a dad joke right there.
2: Yeah, it sure is. is well, a... I happen to be a dad.
0: You are. I, I, all right. So, uh, kind of give yourself some, uh, you know, some leeway here. I'll run it back down the line. Um, you are a ordained comedian who works in fast food a former podcaster, and now more recently a rapper who is also a father of four, I think, if I remember correctly. Yeah, four, yeah. And it was three daughters and one son?
2: Yep, yep, I have three daughters uh, from uh, my marriage, and then a son from a crazy girl who poked holes into condoms.
0: Yeah, you've talked about that um in in your comedy special which i want to get to uh, a little bit later on in this but before we start to go down uh, that rabbit hole which is uh you know your comedy career um and then you know moving into your rap career as well i kind of just want to start why don't we just give a little bit of a background of uh who you are and uh what you've been doing in quarantine because that seems to be like the hot topic these days uh is that everybody's in quarantine and we're all doing different things in quarantine what have you been doing Dwayne? Well, I've been going to Hot
2: Topic. No, that's not true.
0: <laughs> that oh. goes against the quarantine laws. <laughs> Stop it, you not, damn fool! Ah, uh,
2: uh, um, Well, I mean, I've I really my life hasn't changed too much. I've been doing a lot more with trying to um, help with the kids with their education because of like trying to like, just help them overcome the, the the technological boundaries that comes with distance learning. You know, you got to fucking, you got to sign on to the Zoom meeting and you have to find the things in Schoology's and you have to get on the beep-op or, ah-ah, uh, uh, you know, and it's just freaking <laughs> oh, it's ridiculous, schoology. all the different stuff. Yeah, dude, it's all this freaking, all the online learning is just so, so wild. But I mean, I'm, I'm essential. Like you said, I work in the fast food industry. um. So I don't, I haven't, I've just been working more for the same amount of money and like mm-hmm. my, my kids have been watching themselves, you know for oh, for Jesus. whatever. Well, I got they're old enough. I mean, the oldest one's about to be 15, you know. So
0: Okay, so I, I mean, and Justin, you're you're a parent as well, okay? And and Jay was a, a young man at one point. Now he's an old man like yourself. But <laughs> what what age? Because I'm not a parent, nor do I even ever like to be around kids long enough to understand like certain aspects of being a parent. So like, I guess my first question for you, Dwayne is what determines when they're old enough? I've never known. Is that like part of parenting um, that you just look at them and you go like, "Yeah, they're good. They they won't." Kill I feel themselves. like that's it, you know? it's an
2: individual basis. To be honest, like you have to know your own kid well enough to understand. Like, well, if I leave this person home, is is it going to be dead when I get back? Um, <laughs> and whether or not. You can trust it to not do that. So I mean, and um, their mothers. Before I got the kids uh, custody of the kids, their mom was leaving them home for two or three days at a time, binging on friggin' meth or whatever. So Mm. I feel like the six hours I go to work to to eight hours I go to work. I work close enough. I come home and I check on them on my lunch break. I got on break. I go home and check on the kids. You know. Um, and make sure they're, they're doing their work. And they sleep half the day anyway because school isn't even a thing. Most of them don't have to be up until noon. I get out of work by 3 or 4. They're only a couple hours by themselves at that point, you know?
0: Well, then. Justin, what about you? What what was your, like, experience uh, when you came across that hurdle of when to leave Jay by himself?
1: Yeah, I think it's the same thing. I mean, you're always worried when you start doing it. It's kind of like a, when do you give him a phone when do you let them go? Stay at their friends' houses. When do you let them stay home? It's all kind of a little bit up to the kid. I mean, how does the kid act? You know, can you trust them? Are they always, you know, trying to try play with play with fire while you're home? And maybe they're not ready to stay home by themselves yet. You know what I mean? But it's similar <laughs> similar to what Dwayne said. Like Jay, Jay's seventeen years old now. Uh, he just turned seventeen, so it's like he's completely flipped the days. So all these kids are just they're staying up all night long. Um, playing video games and shit together, and they they freaking sleep till you know two o'clock sometimes in the afternoon with all this shit going on, so
2: yeah, none but, of them have responsibilities anymore, like hardly yeah, at all,
1: yeah, so that's that's kind of tough to keep them going um but i I can't recall really what age um it was but it is definitely similar it's not like you're leaving them home for days days at a time if it's (laughs) right yeah (laughs) you know that's
0: not a normal thing like i I figured that's like how i grew up so i mean why wouldn't i if i ever had kids just do the same like here's a couple bundles of wood and here's a small knife and good luck i mean like that's how you teach survival right
1: right exactly yeah i I suppose you could do it that way Give him a
0: survival guide and a picture of a bunny and go, that's meat. You can get meat (laughs) out of that. (laughs) Um, But anyways, all right. So, Dwayne, you were saying, uh, you know, you were considered an essential employee. I didn't realize, and this sounds terribly rude of me to say, but I didn't realize that the fast food industry was deemed essential because I haven't even tried to go out to a fast food restaurant since this whole thing happened.
2: Yeah, actually, um, you'd be surprised, but our... Our our staff has been cut by a third, and our business is up uh, like twenty percent since last year. So we're doing more business with less people in this in in less amount of time because they we closed slightly earlier now. So you know I'm sure that's phenomenal as far as being able to stop the spread of coronavirus. I'm sure everything's. Re- I'm not allowed to talk about. It. I got I yelled at for making a shitty post on Facebook even. About how I thought it was ridiculous that I wasn't making the kind of money that I know a couple of a handful of my friends are like literally just people I know personally making like a G a week right now on unemployment and I'm like I'm still making you know I'm I'm, we're doing a lot of business people are coming and they want food people don't want to cook or they don't want to do whatever but or they just want to get out of the house and at least a drive through is a thing that they don't have to get out of the car for they can feel secure enough in their own little bubble. To, to just make that trip uh, So and, and, and Any of the food places Any of the kind of places That sells food Is an essential place So Yeah we sell food
1: Therefore we are essential We're actually a uh, deal You know what they don't Want to do Dwayne They don't want to go To the fucking grocery store or at least that's where I'm coming from. <laughs> I'm ordering pizza and wings. My fridge has only had beer in it for, like, weeks because I just don't want to go to the grocery store. I think I'm going to kill someone if I go to the grocery store.
2: See, I have been flipped the script on that. Like, I just, uh, I go to the store myself. The kids are s- to stay at home, so we're not, you know, really getting them out and about with it all. And then, like, I got my kids. They're looking up fucking recipes, you know. we're making. I've made more homemade food recently, like, from scratch than I ever. We made Asian dumplings, you know what I'm saying, like, Chinese food. Freaking dumplings the other night from scratch, rolling out like taking flour and then turning it into dough, which then rolled out and then put stuff inside of it. Like it was insanity.
0: You know, actually, that's really cool that you know to bring up that point, Dwayne, that you've been doing that. You've been taking advantage of the opportunity to teach your kids how to cook and not only how to cook, but challenging their cooking skills by making them make dumplings, something that not normally you would see. I didn't American make them food. make
2: dumplings. They You like,
0: did. My, well, I mean I heard like, it. I, play it back because I, heard I made them do the involved. work
2: that they wanted to because they wanted to learn the, the dish. So I made them do a bunch of the work with it, but they're the ones who looked up recipes, found dumplings, and were like, this is what I want to make. And I was like, done, let's do it.
0: Then let me let me retract what I said. You encouraged it. You didn't just uh, take it like a football and spike it into the ground. You were like, "Yeah, let's do this," and, and that's awesome to me that you, you got you rallied behind what they wanted to do. They looked up the yeah. recipe and they said, "Let's do this," which is great. I, I hope more like a lot of parents, excuse me, are but, taking the opportunity to do so.
2: I hope so it's too. Good time I'm, with your kids, absolutely is. I'm also trying to teach the oldest one how to drive recently. You know, how I mean, old she, are they? Like I said, she's turning 15 soon. Oh, okay. Okay. So, like, I mean, I... I one.
0: Which one's the oldest one? And are they close enough to driving? Because I didn't know if you, like, a 10-year-old is behind the wheel. Like, got to start them early.
2: <laughs> no, no. She's she's turning 15 soon enough. And we're, all we're doing is, like, going to parking lots. And it's like, all right, take your foot off the brake. This is how it feels to roll ahead. Now slowly push your brake down. Start to get comfortable with how what that entails. What it takes. How, how much gas you even need. You know, like I don't want him to take her permit and then day one we get in the car and get on the fucking road. No, no, thank you. I want him to at least have some semblance of okay, I'm comfortable enough to know what's gonna feel what when I'm turning, you know, how much action how much strength it takes to put the gas down to the pedal or whatever, you know.
0: Oh my god, I remember my first time driving. That was terrifying. I'll never forget that like the feeling of being behind the wheel of a vehicle for the very first time. I failed my driver's test three times before I actually got my license. I had to pay to go and take my test again. (laughs) That's how bad I was. I was always just struck with fear whenever I got in that car to take that test. It was just, ugh. And now I drive like a maniac. So that's always a plus.
3: (laughs)
2: Well, once you learn how to drive, you don't give a crap how you do it anymore.
0: Right. Once you get past the hurdle of, like, insurance and your first couple car crashes, I remember I crashed. I've been in two accidents, and since then— I do take certain precautions when there's people in the car, but when it's myself, I'm willing to take more risk when I'm driving. I want to I go- drive
2: like an, I drive like an old man all the time.
0: <laughs> Justin,
1: what were you going to say? I want to go back to you failing three times. How did you manage <laughs> to do that?
0: I, I panicked. I panicked in the car. Like I would get in, like my parents would take me and I went to, um, I went to the Canadaigua, uh, uh, what is it? Canandaigua driving course. Right. And I got in the car and I'll never forget the first time I got in because there was this short, stubby old man who has just looked like he hated everything about me. And this is back when I looked like I hated everything about everyone else. So it was like this mutual fear of like, I'm either going to mug him or he's going to fail me. But either way, I got in the car and I just remember shaking like a freaking leaf because I was just so anxious, and I just wanted to pass this test so bad. But my anxiety was just, like, through the roof. And I didn't realize that when you take these tests, you're supposed to, like, completely exaggerate every single movement that you make to check your mirrors and do all these other fancy little things. Like, they want to see you move your head uh, from side to side to check the mirrors and Yeah, such. okay, fine.
1: Um, this is, all right, that's fine. This is the first time, Right.
0: And, and the second time was pretty much a repeat of the first one where I didn't know that I had to exaggerate my head movements. I think I had to stop the test early because I made a bad turn somewhere. Wow. And then the third time I went, I went to East Rochester, which I heard was the best place to go if you want to pass and you're a bad driver. Because I did, at that point, pass the test. And paid $10 to do so. So, I mean, like, I think it's, like, a huge scam that they wanted their money. And, that, like, essentially I could say I bribed them to give me my license.
1: Hmm.
0: Hmm. Okay. I, just, I, I was like, what, wanted... you, you just nailed it on the first try when you went?
1: Yeah. What
0: do you mean, yeah? You, what, you, you must have had better teachers than I did. I didn't go to any of those private schools or anything.
1: Hmm. Neither did I. Mean, I I don't know just well, uh, driving's pretty easy
0: Dwayne <laughs> I mean like can you back me up here driving's not easy
2: Well I mean it's not that hard either <laughs> I mean I've taken my driver's test 3 times and I've passed it twice
0: Damn it. Why? We were so close. You could have just said you took it three times.
2: <laughs> I know. I know. Um, but yeah, I failed okay. it my first time. You're going
0: to cut the audio there. You're going to say it t- it, I did it three times and then it's just going to stop right there. <laughs>
2: <laughs> no, I took it uh, the first time in Geneseo and I pretty much passed. I did everything right. The guy said the only thing I did wrong, apparently, was going around this that statue that's in the middle of the fucking road in Geneseo. He said I was too far away from it when I went around it. To make the turn. Um, that was See, the only reason that I failed.
0: That's the kind of bullshit they get you on, though. That's the kind of yeah. dumbass bullshit that they get you on. Like, the, the if you're not exaggerating your head movements, or if you take a turn not exactly perfect, or you don't know how to parallel park because your dad wasn't around long enough to show you how to do it. <laughs> there we go. I mean, like, that's just how it is. My grandma Sometimes showed you me how to fail. parallel park. This isn't helping my situation at all, Dwayne. This is not why we bring guests on the podcast. See, you're <laughs> supposed to side with me. This is actually just me starting a podcast trying to t- to show Justin how cool I actually am. And I actually like, how- thought I was
2: here to hang out with Justin. I didn't even know you were going to be here. Fuck.
0: <laughs> hey, why does these always go back on me?
1: <laughs> Probably because you're right. a shitty well, driver.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of drivers, all right, um, Dwayne, you are the self-proclaimed Voice of Taco Bell. No longer are you associated with Taco Bell, so I hope we can, uh, you know, really drill into this a little bit. But you were the drive-through uh, king, right? That is yeah. even posted in your your um, comedy album that you had put out. You are the self-proclaimed voice of Taco Bell, yeah, almost well, no, to uh, a professional well, not level. Vo-
2: not the voice of Taco Bell. It's, uh, it's specifically that guy from Taco Bell.
0: That guy. I'm sorry. That yeah. guy from Taco Bell. Well, um, because what was your ex-
2: Go ahead. I I uh, I got some local fame from being uh, in the drive-through. Everybody would come through, and I, and I would tell you know they'd come through, and I'd be like, "Hello, thank you for choosing Taco Bell. How are you today?" And I'd really just ham it up for these people because you know they like they want to they tell us you want to hear the smile in your voice, so I gave them that, and I was just did everything I could to, to just put it up for the customer. But so many customers came through, and they were like, "Oh my god, I love your voice!" And I was like, "Oh, that's funny. You should check out my stand-up comedy." And that's how I started to develop, like, a a bit of local, like, fame as far as stand-up comedy was going. It was because I was doing that in the drive-thru, and then I recorded my album, uh, Why Are You Laughing?, which is actually available on Amazon, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, iHeartRadio, pretty much anywhere online, except for Pandora, those bastards. And...
0: (laughs) We, uh, I like the but, I like the mid-roll plug that you just did. Instead of saving it for the end where we were gonna go like, oh, now you can say everything that you want about yourself. You just mid-rolled it and uh, kudos on you for doing so.
2: Oh, I am a self-promoting whore. Are you kidding me? I have no shame. <laughs> Zero shame in this game. Um I actually and I managed to sell Approximately 400 hard copies of my first stand up comedy album uh, out the drive thru window at Taco Bell. I was bringing home, yeah, no, I was bringing home like 100, 150 bucks extra cash a night, especially on concert nights. We're right there by the, the FLCC, bro. People coming through all hammered after a concert. I was just selling it for change. It took me 50 cents to print out these copies at home. I did the math, approximately 50 cents per CD. If I made anything more than that, it was profit. So I'd be like, "Yeah, like it's eight bucks," and they're like, "All I have is five. Done." It's like I just all I have is my change. Done, and I yeah, I I, I moved a lot of units that way.
0: Did you did you move any units through like encasing them in a crunchwrap supreme and kind of like just sliding them out that way, like you know, like uh, doing it all? No, undercover? no. But
2: if if I ever asked them if they wanted sauce and they said they wanted fire, I just dropped my album in there. They wanted fire. Oh my god! Done. Stop.
0: Yes. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> oh. So I mean what made what, so what was the, the experience like at the drive through there did there it couldn't have just been all sunshine and rainbows I must have assumed that at some point somebody didn't like the voice
2: No I have I, I've had people tell me that I I had somebody put in a complaint one time they went online they did the whole survey they went through the freaking the website to the I got the survey on the back of the receipt and they said that I was I was too energetic and I was too chipper and it was too much <sighs> They're too energetic. I had one. Somebody tell me I saved their life, though. Yeah, somebody didn't want. Uh, somebody wrote it and said they, how they didn't, how much they didn't like the energy, on the the, the receipt or whatever on the internet. But then I heard at a different point where I told somebody. I heard that. So nobody told me. I heard from somebody else that I saved somebody's life by just being <laughs> chipper.
0: I mean, that is so awesome to hear because that's something that can be done by not just. A person in a drive-through—it literally is just how you treat anybody that you come across. If you're just nice to people, you never know what they're going through, and maybe just that smile or that nice little compliment, like it could really make their day. It could save them from something else, you know. Yeah. You just never know what well, other people are going through, and you should never treat it as if they're they're everybody's just okay, you know.
2: That's why my mom said you don't. She always taught me that you don't like make fun of somebody's appearance or things like that. Just don't be rude. Don't be a dick because you never know if that person's actually a gypsy and can curse you. <laughs>
0: true words. Very true <laughs> words. So, I mean, like, so you went from Taco Bell and now you're you're working for Wendy's, right?
2: Yeah, yeah. There's a, there's a period in between, but that's where I'm, I ended up for now, yeah.
0: Yeah, so, I mean, like, what made, what made you want to stay in the fast food industry rather than try to get away from it?
2: Um, I've worked a lot of factories and I don't like them. I don't like, I mean, I like the hours of like, a set schedule and everything Monday through Friday, yada yada. I hate the monotony of it. I go in, and when you're in a restaurant, everything's exactly the same, but things change every day. Everything day something's gonna be different, um, at least a little bit. You're dealing with different customers. The human experience makes it different. The people you're working with every day makes it different. It's not the exact same people all the time, and it just I feel like it just works for me. Plus, with the what happened in New York City with the fight for 15, um, we're excuse me, uh, we're slowly. Moving into that direction where we're going to be at fifteen dollars an hour soon enough by the end of, uh, I think next year or the year after.
0: Um, yeah, it's, it's cinching its way up there for sure.
2: Yeah, so I just knew if I stayed in the industry, it's like pretty much I'm putting in my time, and then if then the industry, so that way by the end of it, I feel justified for the fifteen dollars that I make. If I make if I'm working in the same industry for ten years, you know you should be making a decent amount of money. Plus, I'm a manager. I have restaurant manager uh, restaurant manager experience. And on top of it, if I say, hey, I need these days off because I'm doing shows, I get those days off because I'm doing shows.
0: So. That's awesome. So, so kind of speaking of that, like putting in the time, putting in the effort um, to kind of now steer it back into the, the, the section of this is, the, you know, your comedy. Um, and also, I want to touch on Beer Pirate Radio uh, at some point. But we'll first start with the open mic circuit that you used to run as a comedian um what was it like being a stand-up comedian in such a small town because like you you really you're not one of those la like where there's open mics at every corner that you can go to you know what i mean you're starting off in a very little town and even then the the comedy clubs are so far spread out that i remember you would have to drive like an hour away to even just get to one if not further
2: Oh yeah, I still do a lot of traveling. Well, not currently because of everything going on, but I still do a lot of traveling to get to clubs. I mean, you figure uh, the co- comics do their same set; they do it uh, over and over again. It's the same jokes for for years. Jerry Seinfeld still sells, tells some of the jokes he told as, as a beginner, or you know, when his first few you know specials and stuff. He just takes he does what is he something like. Uh, 20 or 30 new minutes of material for you know every 10 that of his old stuff that people want to come back and hear again at least that's what they were doing back in the day um, and I didn't actually start in the small town per se I was starting my stand-up career like when I first started hitting open mics that was all the Rochester comedy scene and they would have mics like I mean right now they pretty much have a mic every night of the week except for I think Friday and Saturday again not with everything going on but just in general they usually have a Almost every single night of the week And I was doing the Sundays and the Wednesdays At the various boulders when I first started out Um, And I did stand up comedy There for two or three years Before they told me To stop coming back
0: (laughs) (laughs) Did they really Tell you not to come back
2: Yeah I was told to uh, Stay away for a while Until my name Had been like not on people's Tongues for a minute
0: Because I was doing... what led to that, then?
2: I was doing jokes about subjects that I wasn't secure enough in, and, like, wasn't well-versed enough in to try to make them funny, and I was trying to to do it but I ended up doing a lot of jokes that were just jokes for shock value they tell you when you first start doing stand up Mm. comedy you go five years before you even develop your voice of who you are as a person on stage and then another five years before that person becomes good Um, and I was still in that phase where I was trying to find myself and I loved watching the dirty raunchy Fucked up, guys. You know, like I, I was—I grew up watching Dice Clay, you know, and Bill Burr is one of my favorites, and and oh, Louis Bill C.K. Burr. Even you know after he he did that thing that with all of the stuff yeah. that he got in trouble for, yeah. I, I'm still a fan of his his material. All those albums, you know, all of the shows, other stuff that he did—that was all stuff that I enjoyed anyway, whether or not like I didn't know about his issues at the time, but you know, whatever. Well,
0: there's definitely there's a definitely there's an art to that style of comedy. Like I remember. Like that's the kind of comedy I can I like riding that line but I don't like going over that line like some other comedians do. And and they sometimes they can land it and sometimes they just can't, you know. Um, and so I remember uh, you gave me the opportunity to do an open mic one night. It was like uh, enough liquid for well. finally you did really got into well. my body. <laughs> and I appreciate the I appreciate the support because ever since then, um, it's been weighing on the back of my mind to go back to open mics and just try it out but the energy that you feel when you're up there is so awesome when you land a joke it's it's something that you don't really experience because you've never told jokes to strangers you usually tell jokes to your friends and you know you know what the humor is amongst your groups but to do it in front of like 40 50 people it, that show was like 10 or 20 I don't remember right but when you land a joke the energy is awesome but when you don't land a joke it can be it's demonst- devastating it's it's de- crushing So like what do you do like when you don't land a joke now? You've been doing this for long enough where you kind of move on to the next one. You just move right just through move it.
2: Move right on, man. Like, listen, not everybody's gonna like every joke, and not every audience is even gonna react with laughter. Say you're just people are just tired. They're having a rough day or whatever. That kind of feel goes across the whole crowd. You can feel it. The energy is within the crowd. And sometimes you, sometimes people just sit there and kind of smirk at your stuff. I've had shows where I thought it was dead. I thought it sucked. I thought I bombed because everybody's quiet. they were just a quiet room. I had plenty of people come up after the show. Hey, I really enjoyed your stuff. Was a really big, really big fan. People bought albums, and it's just like, tell your faces, bud. Like,
0: (laughs) yeah, I mean, like right now, Justin's that person. He's the quiet one. I think he's still alive. I'm not sure if he's still there. Justin, can I I get him? Can I? I'm interested.
1: I'm interested, though. You know, I don't want to stop talking about the comedy thing, but you were talking about like the the energy and, and everything and that feeling you felt when you went on stage Nick and I know Dwayne, obviously you know what he's talking about there but you've done both you've done the comedy thing and you've done the music thing like what what's the difference there I have you know I I'm Okay not.
2: so I'll tell you what the difference is and this is when you go up on stage and you're doing music you're just praying to god nobody laughs at you
1: <laughs>
2: when you go on stage as a comedian <laughs> It's the exact opposite. You know what I'm saying? Just praying <laughs> to God, somebody fucking somebody's gonna at you.
1: laugh at you. What do you? I, I think mean, that's do a you really get, good
0: way of putting that.
1: Do you, do you get seriously though? Do you get like more out of one or the other? Do you get a better feeling? Do you get more energy? I don't know. Just you know, compare compare the two the two feelings. You know, see, it's it's very different because um, I mean, both of them like they make
2: you feel the same way when you're on stage and getting off stage. Um, I don't know. I feel like. I feel like music, it's a little bit more live for me because I get to jump around and dance around. And people like music. People will listen to the same song 50, 100, 1,000 times. I'll listen to the same song if it's a song I like. If it's stuck in my head, I want to jam to it. But jokes, you hear the same ones four, five, six times, and that's already way more times than you needed to hear that joke. (laughs)
1: Right, right, right. You
2: know what I'm saying? So it's like... So it's different. Like when I get to perform in a new room and I get to work on my old jokes in front of a new audience, that's just phenomenal because my old stuff rips. You know what I'm saying? I, if, I, if I know I can just fall back on 30 minutes of just backup stuff, the stuff that I just that I don't need to work on, the stuff I'm not really trying to chug through, like new stuff. If it's just the backup stuff that's that's just clean and polished. I rip for 30 minutes and it's just nonstop to laugh every 15, 30 seconds. Just laugh, laugh, laugh. Like I feel like I got them in the palm of my hand. Um, that's what I get with music every time. Hmm.
0: So then like, where do you test jokes though? Like that's like, I, I, I know you post some stuff on like social media, but where do you really do most of your like comedian practice, I guess, or open mics. So like, just like, so the open mics are really the testing forum.
2: That you cannot do stand-up comedy unless you go to open mics. They're the the, the necessary evil. You can't stand-up comedy is like you could get you could if you want to play a song on a guitar, you can sit there in your room and play that song over and over again. You can watch tutorials, play it over and over again. You're gonna get better at playing that song on guitar. You will never get better at telling your jokes until you go up and you tell them in front of people who don't know you.
0: Hmm. No, you have to go to more open mics. So. I- <laughs>
2: <laughs> I mean, I write um, at home. Like when I'm writing, like I, I when I'm at home, I have two notebooks next to my bed. I have a notebook in my in my you know in my car. I always have a notebook with me, and that way, if I think of something, I can write it down. I don't use my phone for that because if I use my phone, as soon as I open it, something's distracting me, and next thing I know, I'm watching porn. Mm-hmm.
0: So, <laughs> So, is there any sort of correlation between writing? the music that you do like the rap lyrics and all that stuff versus like the comedy stuff because why didn't you just like listening to your lyrics excuse me we'll cut that up listening to your lyrics you could have why didn't you go with the comedy rapper bit you could have done comedy rap but you went more with a i guess traditional rap if you will Um, Uh, why did you choose to make that decision
2: Comedy is where I get to be funny, is where I get to be lighthearted and take the edge off. But, you know, the duality of a man, you need set the other end, you know, and uh, that's my creative outlet for that.
0: Fair enough. All right. Well, speaking of all that, uh, we should probably check out your your song. Why don't you tell us a little bit about your uh, song here uh, that we're going to be playing here on today? Okay, so, and
2: you said you're not playing whipping, right?
0: Right, whatever one you sent us on the email. Okay,
2: because whipping's the one with all of the the drugs and the guns and the half naked women. We are
0: going to talk about whipping though in yeah. the um, the, the, so, the
2: track I sent you um, is available currently only on uh, SoundCloud. Um, I've, I've finally made it. I've achieved my goal of becoming a SoundCloud rapper. So you know, huzzah! And uh, <laughs> um, but it's uh, it's a uh, almost a super group. Me and my buddy Misfit. Uh, who are on the same record label? I'm signed to Pleasantly Offensive Productions, um, mm-hmm. a local label out of Canandagua. and uh, he's also on the the label. He's like a traveling, uh, ukulele playing hobo with face tattoos, and together we formed the supergroup MD. Uh, his name's Misfit. My name's Cap D M underscore D on SoundCloud, and uh, it's us along with another one of the members of the of the label. Uh, Jeeves Jeeves did the mixing and the mastering on that album. He's doing the mixing and the mastering on my upcoming album, Hot Garbage, going to be released pretty soon. Um, and The Private Practice is the name of the album of the track that we're playing today. Um, like I said, M underscore D, M Private Practice. We're
0: not doctors, but we'll take a look. And <laughs> All right, roll the track. Hit the jukebox, roll the track. I can't take these dad jokes anymore. <laughs>
2: But yeah, so uh, and it's just it's just the three of us. It's called Don't Let Go. Uh, that's one of my favorite songs. I wanna be
3: out by the water, summer sun shining. Crew's been drinking, now we just whining. Got my blunt rolled up, drinking my cup. I don't give a motherfuck till tomorrow suns up. Ooh. Tonight a party by the fire, women dressed in less attire. Saturdays are for the boys, smoking loud and making noise, i down what? I'm filling up my cup the beer everybody cheers life that makes you want to take a shot party in a bank it live fuck time move my watch different do what I forgot don't give a fuck if we get caught trying to steal a fucking guy screw the rules fuck the cops you won't stop I just want to live.
2: Disbelief. How did these nights come to be? I woke up between a dream and a memory And I nearly weep at the sight of the homies And all the love fuck the drama and the hate. Yo, it's great just to float above Better than any dream when the sun gives you a hug Though you know we still roll up on am working out the fight.
3: a place that always makes me feel better. Jeeves and MD, I'm more so strong. We'll change the weather. I just want to let go. Just want to let go. Of everything I know. I know you know. I just want to let go. Just Woo, wanna that was let go an awesome track.
0: Dwayne. All right. I We're going to put Dwayne. We're gonna set Dwayne aside. I'm gonna pull out the Ouija board one more time. All right. We're gonna see if I can make magic happen here. I've heard you have an alter ego, and I'm gonna use the Ouija board to try and summon him to the mic. All right. Is, Are you ready it for action this, Dwayne? It's it- <laughs> no, it's Hasbro. The, the, uh. the Ouija board is made by Hasbro. Yes. <laughs> Um, All right. I'm going to move my Ouija piece around. I'm going to start summoning the rapper forward. Bring bring the rapper side of you forward. (laughs) Are you there, there, Cap Cap D? D.
2: Wiggity, wiggity, home doggy for shizzle.
0: (sighs) Wow. Dwayne's still here, but I guess we'll just start calling him (laughs) Cap D to make things easier.
3: Right
0: Um, (laughs) uh, Cap D, uh, now that we've summoned your spirit to the microphone... Um, After hearing that awesome track, thank you so much for sharing that with us.
2: I appreciate that. Like I said, it's one of my favorites.
0: What are you uh, drinking today? I want to kind of get this out of the way. What are you drinking today? Did you bring a beer to the episode? I I
2: wish I did. I honestly couldn't have brought a beer. I still need to drive later today. Mm, Sucks uh, to be you, nerd. I know, I know. Well... Um, you won't see it here, or you won't hear, because when this airs compared to when we record it. But after I get done recording this today with you guys, um, we're going to be doing a live rap show uh, on the Pleasantly Offensive Productions page. Like literally, like I get done with this, shower, go, go there, um, and that's when I get to start my drinking. So
0: good. Well, there at least you'll get some beers in. Well, yeah. Normally right in yes, the episodes, naturally pure life. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, normally in the episodes, we'd like to talk about either what. Myself or the guests are drinking. Um, Today's drink for myself is Florida Cracker. Justin, I hope you're listening. Florida Cracker.
1: Florida Cracker.
0: (laughs) Florida Cracker. Okay. And it's in honor of our last guest who is moving to Florida. Mm -hmm. It's a Belgian-style white ale brewed with uh, coriander and orange peel. Made by one of my favorite brewing companies, Cigar City Brewing. Um, They did a really good oatmeal raisin stout that was like just unbelievable freaking point and uh they no longer make it unfortunately so i'm stuck with this but it's still really good um what
1: is it cigar Cigar city
0: cigar city brewing if when next time we go down to florida i really want to see if we can find this place and check out the brewery we haven't done a brewery tour down in florida yet
1: do they do cigars like what's the story i assume
0: it's cigar city so i'm guessing there's there's gonna be well i
1: mean i wouldn't assume that cigar city made beer so that's why i'm asking well
0: jeez you That's see fair. what I have to put up with, Cap D? Do you have to put up with this kind of stuff? Do you have I to mean, put up with this kind of stuff when you're recording your music? It's just a um, question, I mean. <laughs> do people ask you questions, Cap D, when you're recording your
2: music? <laughs> Not when I'm recording my music, no. But it is very similar to what I'm doing right now, just sitting there in my room by myself with my microphone. <laughs> so,
0: I mean, and who then, doesn't do are, that these days, right? And
2: if we're talking about beers, I do have an, a half-empty beer from last night that was next to my bedside.
0: Nice. Uh, it's a so natty daddy.
2: It's a natty daddy. Yes. Hey. Because I'm a classy piece of shit.
0: Oh, man. Natty daddies. Those are rough. 16 yeah. ounce pounders. I Put didn't, them back.
2: I didn't want them. A ha- buddy of mine came over the other night and uh, I was like, yo, bring some beers. And I thought, you know, I'm like, he knows I drink PBR. So I figured he'd bring PBR. And he's like, no, I got you these because they're 8%. And I'm like, you fucking cock. So, like, now I paid for them, I have them, so it's like, fuck, I might as well, I cracked into a couple of them last night, and I fell asleep with one next to the bed.
0: I know numerous times, and I've done this at Justin's house as well, I left beer there once that I know he would never drink, but when you have a party at your place, and I remember doing this in my apartments and such, but people live, like, when they bring copious amounts of beer, and it's always college-level beer... that you don't want to drink, yet it's there, so you'll drink it anyways. It's just, I hate that. I hate it so much. Like, just bring bring halfway decent beer if you're going to leave it behind. Like,
2: No, you, sh- bl- you buy shitty beer just in case you leave it behind.
0: Right. No. Yeah, or, or you know, I don't want to spend here. extra
2: money on beer. You're
0: just going to leave somewhere. I dropped $40 on 10 cans of beer today. I don't that's know your, how to stop myself. Yeah, that's, that's your re- fucking
1: problem, man. Yeah, yeah. Don't don't yell at us because we're frivolous. I have four, <laughs> I have forty
2: dollars worth of natty daddies. Well, I mean, I don't currently, but I could, and that's like way more <laughs> natty daddy than anybody ever wants ever.
0: I guess the real question is: Have you ever thrown a party just to get beer? Like you did not buy any gonna beer. it now. And you
1: just were- yeah, that's a good idea. We should. <laughs> like, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna write that down.
0: Instead of, like, going out and buying beer, just call up all your friends, like, yo, party at my place, mm-hmm. and then just assume that you can just have at it their beer, and then you'll have excess beer also left over. I think I might have just solved the quarantine beer problem, because we all know that's next on the list. But enough about that. Cap D, we summoned you to the microphone for a reason, because I've got a bunch of questions for you. Uh um, beans. Starting with probably the most uh, iconic question that I could ask, because it was I think the first time that I, I recognized that you were going into the rap industry or the rap scene, if you will, because that kind of caught me off guard. i known you as a comedian for almost the entirety of time that I've, I've spent with you, and all of a sudden, this music video comes out called Whippin', and yep. it's about cooking crack.
2: It is a little bit about cooking crack, yeah. A little bit and all the way very, about cooking crack.
0: Yeah, it's 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 explicitly about cooking crack, and it is a very um a sexualized video we'll say and uh you know it it follows the same kind of uh, uh mainstream rap image in its in its shooting um I mean, is it not funny no I mean but th- is that what you were going for because I didn't laugh um, <laughs> <laughs> no but seriously I... like I wanted to ask you um what what made you want, Because, again, we've talked about the fact that you're a comedian. You have these multiple sides to you. You Like you said, the duality of man. But a song about crack seems a little bit out of place for a father of four. Um, You know what I mean? Like, to look at you and be like, you're Dwayne, you're the comedian, to watching you in that rap video is like two different extremes. So what made you want to do the crack video? Uh, Well... (laughs)
1: like how he calls it (laughs) so tell me what what made you want to do the crack video Dwayne?
0: um i'm practicing for cnn the
1: crack cocaine video (laughs) tell us about it
0: well i thought to
2: myself like i knew i had an album coming out like i got signed to this record label because they heard me do some rapping i actually used to rap back in the day like in high school like just freestyling with my buddies and and whatnot, and that one of my buddies eventually became a producer of beats, and he was just like, bro, he's like, you got to get back on this. And Wait, he you knew Doctor
0: uh, Dre in high school?
2: No, uh, he w- he goes by Erroneous Method. Um, oh, we don't, we don't uh, hang out anymore. Differences of creation and such.
0: Um, well, nice of you to still drop his name, nonetheless. Oh
2: yeah, yeah. Check out his beats, man. If you can buy his beats, go ahead. Uh, you know he's. A good dude. Just uh, things. Just it's whatever. You know. Like I ain't trying Creative to have differences beef.
0: happen no matter where yeah. you are. It's yeah. an artist thing.
2: Yeah. So I try not to diss him too hard on my new album, but I do a little bit.
0: I, I, I reference the fact we'll that I to... grapple.
2: I grapple with the fact that I'm still rapping on his samples.
0: Yeah, <laughs> oh, it's a bar. Um. <laughs> so yeah. So you made this music video, and you were saying, "What? What? Why?" that's what I I want to know why well like I said I wanted to record an
2: album and I thought to myself you want a bunch of people who you don't know to kind of learn who you are Um, you're going to put out something that grabs people's attention and I thought to myself what is everybody listening to all the fucking songs on the radio all the shit that you know my kids are listening to sometimes you hear the hip hop that comes on you know and whatever and it's all fucking drugs and guns and money and bitches and I thought to myself well I'll, I'll do that then
0: so what I, and I hope I don't ruin your street cred by asking this, but was it intentionally more tongue in cheek? Then was it like uh, you were going for that shock value that you were talking about with the the comedy? Well, a little bit, yeah, yeah. I wanted
2: to like you know, I I just uh, I I even I. I the, the name of my album coming up is, is called Hot Garbage. And I thought to myself, what I want to do is put out that garbage, that straight mainstream garbage that other people are putting out, but with my own take on it, my own spin on it. And I thought that one, that's just the attention grabber. That gets people like, oh, shit, Cap D, who the hell is this guy? Where, is, where did this come from? Look at this guy. Look, who does he think he is? Fucking no, whipping it in the kitchen. That definitely for me,
0: I mean.
2: <laughs> yeah. And, like, uh, the, that, that video uh, got... Uh, like a thousand views in its first week. Uh, it's up to like four or four, I think four thousand or something on Fa- on YouTube.
0: Nice. So it's got
2: a few, yeah, few so, thousand views on that. And then, and then I got another one co- uh, that came out that on the, the, the Facebook release. Of my, ne- my next music video has uh, 16,000 views.
0: Nice. Well, congratulations on that. Um, one thing I do have to ask, and you don't have to go into details if some were and some were not. Were there props? Was everything in that props? Or was there some real stuff that was actually <laughs> showcased in the video? You don't have to go into detail of what was real and what was prop. I just want to uh, know, was there something real there? Uh, the, all, the of the guns, guns real. all
2: of the guns were real. Really? All of the guns were real. A friend of mine, uh, ex-military uh, from Buffalo, oh, brought okay. him in. Um, and he was like, I'm like, Hey, we're shooting a video. He's actually the one who's buying the crack in the hallway of the music video. He was like, he's like, we're like, we're shooting a video about cooking crack. And he's like, do you want me to bring the guns? I was like, fuck yeah. I want you to bring the guns. Um, all of the money. Bring them on in. Um, we ordered the, the money online from wish or whatever. Um, they have like (laughs) some sort of Chinese print on them, but you can't see it in a lot of the the shots. Yeah. Um, (laughs) All of the all of the crack and uh, there was the, the the hard rock crack was all it's all movie magic. You think we just got uh, bundles mm. and bundles of crack hanging around? We don't. Um, you know I understand. I <laughs> have had like
0: I, a kilo kicking around. I mean, like there's have, things that happen. <laughs>
2: I've had I have I have worked in the drug industry. I'll put it that way.
0: I was going to say, be um, careful with your words.
2: <laughs> I have in. In in and out of, of experiences of my in my life. previous I, lifetime, yeah, when I was when I was much younger, did you know, a lot of stuff. Um, but yeah, the the, the the guns were real. Um, pretty much everything else was oh, props. Okay. Flower for the so for the, the girls kilos. were props. The girls the uh, were props. Well, one of them uh, is a friend of mine, Fanny Forte. She is a burlesque dancer for Sirens and Stilettos Cabaret, or she used to. Um, out of uh, Rochester, she now lives in Buffalo. Dances at a, a couple of cl- uh, at a club out there. I forget. The Colonel's Lounge, maybe, and then she was uh, she was also in Ouija Max Body Drop music video. Um, mm. so she's like a professional stripper, and then there was a friend of mine who uh, I was, she was like, "Yeah, fuck it, I'll be in your video," and then bought the an, a sexy outfit to come out and 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 sh- showcase and show some love. Um, I almost had a three way the night I shot my music
0: video. <laughs> <laughs> I was yeah. gonna say, I mean, after that kind of energy and half-naked girls and guns and and prop, uh, you know, prop cocaine, I I would assume that you guys did the prop crack. You like smoked the prop crack and then just assumed that like Good. afterwards a three-way happened. You'd like bet. you did a prop Scarface.
2: <laughs> yeah. No. Um. I it did get that it did get the, it did get the uh, record label rated, though by the police. Hmm. Yeah, day after Christmas, uh Swap busted in like nine deep, kicked down the fucking doors, flipped the whole house, um, all while singing the lyrics to whippin'. <laughs> Flipping wow. the beds, whippin' in the kitchen, flipped the fucking mattress. Um Jeez. they ended up finding a little bit of marijuana at the at the record label, but that was it, that's all they found. They're like, Where where was all where's all the, the, the drugs that Mr. Cap D was tossing around? uh like and there's like somebody had like a one of their chains was hanging on the wall the cop took it off put it on um i've seen some video footage if it gets leaked we were told we're gonna get arrested um we weren't even allowed to talk about it for quite a while afterwards because it was part of a joint investigation that hit like six different towns all at once
0: jesus christ all all looking for crack (laughs) justin you had something that you on the way in there for a second
1: I, I was uh, I was still on the on the video. I think my favorite part was when uh, everybody was coming in, like you're welcoming them into the party and then there's that one dude, you're like, No, fuck you. You, yeah. <laughs> you it, push that, him away. Yeah, that was I push him right out and say, like, Fuck off. That was brilliant. Who was yeah, the crackhead. Guy? That, we were like, oh, We need that, a crackhead
2: for the video and I was like, Hey Ellen, do you want to be a crackhead? Do you for the want video?
1: to be a crackhead? That's fantastic. Um, it was actually supposed he to be
2: much more of a storyline. the The person who edited the video ended up doing a little bit more gangster. The whole thing was actually supposed to be a storyline where we're like we were throwing this party at somebody else's house, um, and <laughs> they come and like this guy tries to come in the crackhead. There was supposed to be scenes of him like trying to get in the windows and shit, and like Aww. we shot all that. But then, like, a bunch of that just ended up getting dropped or whatever. But we still kept a shot of him, like, looking like he was smoking some rock and whatnot. And the thing about shoving him out. Um, there was actually a scene where he was doing the Macarena in the background. Um, <laughs> but the guy who shot, the, who edited the video, was like, nah, it's too funny. And I, but I wanted it to be kind of funny, you know? Like, but instead, they made it like he's like, nah, you're going to look like a fucking gangster.
1: That guy must have been pissed because he went from being, like, the star of the video to just the dude that just couldn't come in.
2: <laughs> still the star, though. still the guy you remember from the video. Hey, I
1: I still loved him. Great job. Yeah, no, I thought name? it was funny. I thought it was a good idea. <laughs> no,
0: it was – overall, it was a great I, – I do enjoy watching the video. I watched it again before we did the podcast. I've seen it several times at this point. Um, and the song is really not that bad. I have to say, like, uh, you know, Sketchy. I have a few friends that are in the rap industry. Um and uh one of them is actually i think local to Canandaigua, too um oh and i'm forgetting his name chris <sighs> blazewell something blazewell thank you yeah I know blaze yeah he's he's pretty deep in with it uh he's yeah. been doing it for a little bit now and he's uh he's been going around i should see if i can get a hold of him maybe i can get a hold of him and get him on the podcast sometime yeah, uh, i have been um,
2: a, i've yeah. been on venues i've been at shows where where blazewell blazewell always does pop fest every year um pleasantly offensive does a a festival for the last three years in a row not this year everything's canceled but
0: right uh, right
2: but yeah we've like last three years in a row
0: pop is a pop's a pretty predominant uh you know name in the canadaigua area i'd have to say in rochester area probably too and um yeah they do a lot of work for the musicians out there the the artists that they sign um for being a small promotional company
2: they do everything all of my videos i haven't paid a dime the only thing i pay for is when i have to buy beats um, all the distribution is all done via, like, their stuff, their page and whatever. Um, as of right now, like, the only thing I've released personally is mixtapes, so nothing I can even start making money on. I guess I could have uh, monetized the Whippin' video, but I don't know if, if that would even get monetized, if they could monetize that, because the mm. the lyrical content, the visual content, or right, whatever.
0: Right, Um That's the, when that's the, al- the gamble you run.
2: <laughs> yeah, well, when the album drops, um, it either will or won't, but it'll be just the one track uh, at that point, so it's Whatever. Um, but yeah, kind of excited about that. They yeah they 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 put me on. They they uh they've done sold out shows. They brought KRS one excuse me to town and sold out. And they brought they bring a lot of Juggalo shows to towns. Uh, to t- to I was town.
0: gonna
2: say. Yeah, well, I mean a lot of you got to figure a lot of as as an underground rapper, one of the number one consumers of underground hip hop are Juggalos. There's so fucking many of them, and they listen to underground rap. You know what I'm saying? Yes. I actually, yeah, no, I, I really, actually was, I was booked last year. I did the Gathering of the Juggalos last year in Indiana, as a comedian. Did you actually go? Yeah, I got booked. <laughs> I got booked to do. Uh, listen, you okay? I'm gonna tell you the caliber of comics who were at at who performed at the Gathering of the Juggalos. There was comedians. Gilbert Godfrey performed at no. this year at the last year's Gathering of the Juggalos. Randy Stop. from the Trailer Park Boys. Performed at the last year's traveling sense. traveling tra- uh, gathering of the Juggalo, Clownvis Presley. I don't know if you know who that is. Um nope. but it's pretty self-explanatory. Clownvis yep. Presley, yeah, um, who's yep. not a, who's not a Juggalo, um, but he, I, he was also <laughs> at the Gathering of the Juggalos, um, and he had the biggest crowd of all, all, all the all the comics. Um, and I opened for Clownvis. I did. Huh. Uh, I did like ten minutes. Uh, he told me how great of, I did afterwards and everything. He's like, "Listen, the, ju- the gathering of the juggalos is no bullshit. When you're trying to get a fucking crowd to pay attention, to you to try to get you know. I showed them my butthole. There was like well, five hundred people. There was like five hundred people in the in the in, under that tent, and uh, yeah. they yelled at me to show me show them my butthole. So I did.
0: I I have to say, being a former ICP fan, I I actually used to listen to ICP." Um, there was, I don't remember any of their songs, uh, and I think I stopped listening to them after uh, the great, uh, the great Malenko.
2: Yeah, the great yeah. Malenko, or the amazing Jekyll Brothers, the album that was right after it. That's when I fell off.
0: Really? Yeah, I think the yeah. great Malenko is where I fell off. But there was a song. that was like bugs on my nuts. I think it was called or bugs. Yeah, bugs,
2: bugs on my nuts or something like that. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. I used to think that like ICP was like actually halfway decent I'm not going to bash them now I don't think there's anything wrong with them but I think it's insane the cult gathering that they have um, you know the, the and I say cult gathering not meaning like literally uh, any juggalos are part of a cult because I know that they've actually been classified as a gang
2: yeah classified as a by gang by the FBI
0: yeah so they've been hunted down by the FBI, What blows my mind, and I want to know if the, how the, the Juggalo community feels about this, but they were originally signed to Disney Records and it actually released an album under Disney Records They got ripped from the shelves yes, uh, hours but- later.
2: But the best part about that that was that was actually what really launched their career. Disney releasing that album as soon as they pulled it, they dropped them from the label. They had to buy out the rest of their contract. That gave uh, Jay and, Sal- Jay and Sal- violent J and Shaggy mm-hmm. Judo they gave, that gave them enough money to uh, start their own label. That's how Psychopathic Records started by uh, was was uh, an indirect uh, 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 loan from Disney. Disney's like, here's Not enough shit. money to start it yourself. And that's what they did. They said, "Fuck it." They're like, "We don't need your production. You don't. We don't need you to be released. We're already the guy that just got banned from from Disney. You're making enough news for us." <laughs> and then the next that's album crazy. was the Great Malenko.
0: So then, let me ask this: What can you just squash the rumor for me? And and I've read this several places, and it comes up over and over again that when they speak of Shangri La, they're talking about heaven, and that actually ICP is a a mildly religious group, even though they are making the, the music that they are, are they rooted in some sort of religion or no?
2: Okay. So I, I'm going to go on record right now by saying personally, I am not a juggalo, but I know a lot of juggalos and I actually have listened to so a lot of So don't hunt you
0: down. Yeah. Well, please don't, <laughs> please don't, break into my home. and Well, no, <laughs> I'm saying, so, I,
2: so I can't guarantee that I know everything as much as everybody else. That's all I'm saying. Mm. But, yeah. uh, I'm not. I don't want to come off as a juff. They call them Juffalos. If you don't, what if the fuck is a Juffalo? It's somebody who's 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 not is not as down with the clown as uh, as a real juggalo. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I don't. I don't want to be a juff in the community. I guess
3: because okay. I'm not Go a rea- I don't,
2: well. I don't because I don't claim juggalo. I say juggalos claim me. But in the, the there's an album called the the Wraith of Shangri La, and yes. in that in the in this in the there's an there's a track and I don't remember what the name of the track is, but I do know. But they stay straight up and down. They say, listen, this whole thing we've been talking about, we've been talking about God. And it doesn't mean necessarily a Christian God. Uh, who knows? It's more of like, yes, there's some higher power. It is a God. But at the same time, that album came out when Violent J was just getting out of fucking rehab. So who knows? Maybe AA was like, there has to be a higher power. But mm-hmm. uh, they they still claim that they're not a religious band, but that they themselves follow God.
0: Okay. So there could be some ties to it, but there's no real yes or no answer to that question. Yeah,
2: they're, they're not putting out gospel albums. Nobody's trying to say that. They're not trying to say that. Um, Fair they're enough. They're just they're just saying that. Listen, it's always been God. God's been behind it the whole time. What the fuck did you think we were talking about? And that's pretty much what that one track says.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I remember a lot of ICP music, and then I was working for uh, I was working retail at the time for Hot Topic, and I remember. Um, you don't see too many Juggalos come into Hot Topic. You see a handful, but I think most of them kind of venture towards the Spencer side of things. Like if you were to like, do a dividing line between the two stores, I think Juggalos tend to gravitate towards Spencer's Gifts more than they do Hot Topic. Probably now more so than ever since Hot Topic's changed so much. Um, but I remember the one thing that blew my mind is that uh, they came out with a board game. ICP came out with a fucking board game We got two of them in And every Juggalo in a fucking tri-county area Tried to get a hold of it We only had two in And they sold out like hotcakes When are you going to sell your board game, Cap D?
2: (laughs) Well, I need more merch in general The only thing I've released so far As far as merchandise is is, uh, t-shirts um, I've got cap D t-shirts that I need to get reprinted and everything. I actually have to figure out some sort of better online distribution. I know there's ones that you can put up where you don't have to put up any cash and just as people buy stuff that everybody makes their, their chunk of it. I just haven't figured that all that out myself personally, but, uh, the juggalos, they're masters of freaking merchandise, just like kisses. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like they can put a fucking hatchet man on it and, and sell it and make their fucking coin. They're gonna right now, uh, ICP is doing, fucking virtual clown clips they call them or whatever you you can get icp you can get violent J to either leave you like a voicemail or like you can get him to to like do like a, a, a video clip of him saying fucking whatever the fuck you want him to say for 300 bucks and if you want want a couple extra bucks you can make him do one of his his fucking uh his goofy ass characters they'll do it for you too you know that's what the, the music industry's come to you got that's how that's how you make money in music
0: Music. I mean, I'm sure anybody in this room can speak to that because of the fact that you know the the, the labels eat up so much of the money, uh, and that the artists are then forced to make money off the merch through touring, touring to get their name out there and sell their merch at the uh, tours and all that fun stuff. Um, but you know, that's that's big name artists. Uh, for yourself, being an up and coming rapper um, and working with a promotional company. What has been the struggles for you? And these and these are going to be like the closing remarks here, really. Um, but uh, what for you has been the biggest struggle? Because, again, you're not in one of the major metropolitan areas where most rappers come out of. You're not in the city uh, of New York. You know what I mean? You're not in Chicago. You're not in um, the heart of Detroit. You're not in L.A. You know what I mean? You're just some white dude in a, in a small podunk town um, trying to get uh, some rap off the ground. What, the beautiful what, thing what?
2: is the beautiful thing about that nowadays is the internet because you could just it's that's how you reach people anyway you get this all it's all the internet um, and but like uh, touring is what's gonna suck not being able to perform in front of live people all of this what's happening that's where that struggle is um, but for me it's just not having enough time in the day you know I'm trying to write comedy I'm trying to make music I'm trying to be a father to my kids I'm trying to still work and then at the same time make dinner you know and then I gotta figure out. Do, is it worth me dropping this much money on a beat? Is the, is the song going to turn around and make me that much money in, in return? And it was, the, was the worthwhile investment uh, even to give it a shot? Because that could have been something that I potentially paid a bill later down the road th- that I might, you know, need or something. And it's just kind of all of that is what makes it more difficult, just not having enough time. I wish I wasn't so damn essential. Wish I could just sit <laughs> home and, and just <laughs> fucking work on music and jokes and being a dad what I need is what I need is a good woman, you know, who's going to come and, and, and work and clean and take care of the kids so I can chase my rap career.
0: <laughs> Got it. <laughs> That's Fair funny. enough. Well, now that we brought it full circle, Dwayne, um, Justin, do you have any closing remarks that you want to fill in here before we take off?
1: No man, this has been cool. It's been you know a little bit of a, a little bit of a turn from from the other artists we've talked to. It's cool to you know st- take a step in another direction, uh, both the rap and the the uh, comedy. I got I got one last question though, real quick for you, Dwayne. Do you do you, have you ever tried like making your own beats at all or no?
2: <laughs> um, I don't know even what program to use. I'm not technologically savvy. Um, I learned how to do this. Uh, podcast and shit on my own because that Beer Pirate Radio guy, um, it's defunct now the website's something else uh, but when I was on Beer Pirate Radio, he hooked me, me up with the Audacity and a mic and he was like just talking to it and then I started learning to use the program enough to record my own music on it. Um, if anybody knows how to fucking, or has a cheap program or a free program I can throw on my laptop uh, by golly, I'd sure give it a shot I can play a bass guitar I can play a drums, I can, I'm sure I can figure something
1: out I, yeah, I, I'm just curious because there's a lot of stuff out there, especially like you just pick it up and start pushing buttons and stuff. And uh, I, I'm yeah. just just curious Um I've ventured know. into that part of it yet.
2: I just don't know what direction to go to get to it. Honestly, uh, it's just I don't have any knowledge of it. So, um, but it's something I'd like to
1: learn for sure. You know? Yeah, I mean, but also if you're surrounded with guys who already do it, then
2: yeah. Well, the guy, I I used to make, the guy who used to make my beats, uh, we, we were in a group and everything was free for at that point. So that was great. So my first album was pretty much all free beats, but now nice. I have to start buying <laughs> them and I have to start at least, you know, like getting the licensing rights and shit like that. Oh, yeah. Um, and some yeah. of that stuff can be pretty expensive. Um, I actually just bought two beats from Vi- uh, Shaggy 2 from ICP. His little brother makes beats. I just bought two beats off of him. Um for a few bucks and then he's going to charge me like 60 bucks to mix them down. You know, to
0: kind of ride the coattails of that real quick. And I know that I'm trying to close out this episode, but I think that Dwayne, if there was a bit of advice, I just covered my, my mouth. Uh, Dwayne, if there was a bit of advice, I would say this, the money that you're spending on supporting other people's beats, which is fine. It's like supporting local artists or supporting any other artist and their craft Think about the money you could be saving by creating your own beats and having only spent that money once on some maybe semi-decent software to start with. I mean, just to throw it out there, I think that what, you know, kind of to Justin's tune is saying, like, if you spend the $20 now, you'll save yourself $100 later by pushing buttons and going, wait, that sounds good. Let me keep doing that, loop it, and then, you know, next thing you know, you're creating beats for other people.
2: Right, and I just don't know how to do it. I just know that every all of my friends who started doing that ended up having to dump. You know, it's a lot more than twenty dollars. You're looking at just to right. get everything that's good. You're looking at a few thousand dollars. Um, I'm just not at the point where I have that money to throw away. I just don't have well, it. I got four kids. You know. Um, yeah. I no. Spend... Absolutely. What I did with the the beats that I bought, I did a, uh, a non. Uh, uh, it was a non-exclusive lease um and then with the option to buy so i have enough time to for the song if i release it with a good music video to get enough plays to actually monetize enough to pay for the beat itself
0: um we all start somewhere
2: yeah so it's not a huge investment i'm putting 20 bucks down on a beat right now um And then if I have it mixed in house, I can have it mixed and mastered in house for free. But because I want to try to ride the coattails of this name, the reason I'm doing it is cause I'm spending 60 bucks to get him to mix it, master it, the beat from him. All of a sudden, it's a little bit of clout in the even in the Juggalo community where it's like, oh shit, that's Shaggy 2 brother. Who is this guy rapping on his beat? You know, whatever. Mm-hmm. So just getting it out there. It's just finding ways to 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 market yourself. The reason I had girls shaking their ass and whipping. Sex sells. Drugs sell, controversy sells, and it gets people talking.
0: Oh yeah. I mean if we're nothing but all just trying to support each other by exploiting each other, I'd be lying. Yeah. We bring on guests to help them and we bring on guests to help ourselves. It's just like the same as like when you're the lead musician for a big band, you bring on smaller bands underneath you in hopes that they get exposure and also at the same time fill the rest of your show slot.
2: <laughs> it's, it's yeah, it's like when I get when I get an opening spot to do it at a com or a hip hop show. If I'm opening for I opened for Twisted a while back. Um I mm-hmm. had to sell I had to sell tickets. You know what I'm saying? Tickets yeah. for twenty five. You bucks put each. in the work. I made ten dollars per ticket. I had more people there to see me than they were there to see Twisted.
0: Yeah, that's the thing is that, you know, we haven't talked about this part yet, Justin, and you might I know we're going to go over on time just a little bit here, but this is actually a really interesting point that you might want to weigh in on the selling of tickets for local bands. That is something that is a huge struggle for any local musician. Like they are put in this positions where they say you have to sell X number of tickets to fill this slot. Like they are given a stack of tickets. And if they don't sell X number of tickets, they either don't get the slot that they want or they don't get the show from what I assume, but there is a huge push to get those tickets out there, and that push is put on to the artist more than it is the venue.
1: Yeah, it's it's tough to do for sure to you know fulfill the promoter's needs and whatnot. Some some guys just to take some of the stress off, they'll just go through an agent or whatever. Um, then you're giving up a ton of your and you know you don't. It's not like you're making very much to begin with, but you know they they're eating into a ton of ton of what you make, but. Yeah, if you're doing it yourself, man, it's 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 tough, especially if you are doing the same show over and over again, whether it's music or comedy. I, I would assume, you know, you can get oh, people yeah. to go and support you and everything, but they're not gonna go out every to you know Friday night to listen to the same thing unless you're keeping it fresh or something. So well, you that's know, why you getting, have to travel.
2: That's why you have to tour. You yeah, go to different right, cities.
1: Right, right, and that's where, like you were saying too, the internet comes in. Quite yeah, handy, because like, you can be everywhere on the internet.
0: It's definitely that like, you hit the pavement real hard. I mean, I've been with bands that, not me personally, been in the band, but worked with bands through photography and such, where we would go to the mall and just go up to random strangers, yo, oh, listen, we got a show going on this weekend. Mm-hmm. Here, take these tickets, like five bucks a piece. And then the mall, you're running for mall security 10 minutes later because you're not supposed to be soliciting. You know what I mean? But you take advantage of those opportunities whenever you can just to try and promote yourself. You put yourself on Facebook, and it's great. All these people like your post, but they're not buying your tickets. <laughs>
2: Right, well, yeah, and that's that's where the grind comes in. I actually, when I go to when I do stand up comedy, like I go to New York City to perform a fair amount, and I'm literally in the street barking tickets. It's hey, I got a comedy mm-hmm. show over here at the at the Greenwich Village Comedy Club, ten dollars a ticket. I'm walking away with the, half the ticket price or whatever, but you know what I'm saying. And if I don't get if I don't get six people to come in to that door, I don't get the chance to step on that stage. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. Well, for certain i mean i know certain uh, producers you know show producers so I, they know i travel so it's harder for me to get necessarily six or whatever but i still need to be able to get people in there and that how many people i get depends on where i sit in the roster you know and and stuff like that and, and it's the same thing with 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 being a hip hop artist and I, when i was in bands the same thing but you got to figure the, the it's the it's your job to put asses in the seat. If you can if your name isn't a draw, then you got to be able to sell tickets somehow. You you need to get people in the door otherwise, you know, you're doing a service for the bar. Yes, by bringing people in, but like you just need to be able to do it.
0: Well, I mean, Dwayne, I think we couldn't close on better words being spoken. Um, you know, it, the self-promotion scene is a very difficult one, but I think that it, if you put in the time and the effort, it'll all pay off, hopefully, uh, in the long run. <laughs> I mean, that's the end goal. I mean, for ourselves as podcasters, for you as a musician, um, you know, the, the grind is real. You know, And when they say the grind is real, it absolutely is a truer statement. Couldn't be said. Um, and uh, thank you so much for joining us actually today on uh, our, our episode five of Hangovers and Hand Grenades. Um, normally, this is where I would say... Why don't you plug a couple of your friends and, and upcoming events? But I think you've done that like four or five times, and you really upheld the fact that you're a self promotion whore. So yeah, yeah, um, for sure. Um, I'm just for anybody gonna, uh, listening. <laughs>
2: I will just say this though: <laughs> pleasantly offensive productions. Just like them on Facebook. Find them on YouTube. Just pop. Hashtag pop.
0: I have to say, in 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 regards to that, um, the people that run pop have been nothing but professional and friendly from what i've seen on their posts on facebook um i've never i think i might have had some interactions with the people that run it i'm not really sure we kind of ran in the same circles but nonetheless everybody that i've ever known that's worked with pop has had nothing but good things to say um they're they're wonderful people on facebook they seem to know what they're doing so um you know props to them for for getting as big as they are because again there's another you know, grassroots yeah. starting yeah, promotion. We,
2: eleven thousand people on Facebook like the page, which
0: is nuts, That's and huge. which is great for them. Um, I mean, they started from nothing and got to eleven thousand people, and now they're doing the promotion thing. They've been around for a long time, um, so yeah, props yeah to, way before I so, was a part of it. Yeah, I mean, props to them for the the that the the stuff that they're doing to help promote other artists and and help helping others get to where they are. You know what I mean? Um, so so good on them And um, Dwayne again uh, Cap D uh, I've, summoned, I've summoned Cap D to the microphone We got a little bit of information on Cap D We're going to put Cap D back Into the, 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 the container that is Dwayne We're going to push him in there Alright yeah, And yeah, Dwayne <laughs> Dwayne again um, Thank you so much for joining us It was a pleasure speaking with you Sorry that Justin was so quiet Uh, for this episode but uh, he's overly exhausted and he filled in where he could Uh, but i told him earlier on i would take the reins on this episode to give him somewhat of a relaxed time uh as he did a lot of talking on the last episode i would say you really bonded with jared
1: yeah i i i uh, i think i I think i took over a little bit too much there so it's much oh
0: no (laughs) there's no such thing as taking over too much or too little that's the point of a podcast See, um, I talk
2: too fucking much. That's my problem. I'm always.
0: Well, Dwayne, uh, <laughs> let me just cut you off right there. Uh, even though you did mid roll, first roll, end roll, all that stuff. Other than pop, is there anybody else that you want to give a quick shout out to um, before we nah, close this it. episode up?
2: That's it right now, man. Just freaking thank you guys for having me. I really appreciate it. I like uh, like getting invited places
0: yeah we like inviting people as well so make sure you tell all of your friends about our website or website I should a facebook page instagram you can find us there on uh hangovers and hand grenades or, or at horse grenades or you know, something involving horses and grenades at some point in the title you'll pretty much locate us uh, make sure you tell them all about us and have them check out this episode and give us a listen and Uh, you know, we, we appreciate having you on and we hope to have some of your friends on in the future that we can talk to about their rap careers or whatever music they're into. I mean, this seems to be taking on the direction of a music forward podcast and I kind of like it going in that direction. Uh, Justin, I mean, you good with keeping it this way? Hey, man, I love
1: it. It gets gets other people on here. We can get interesting uh, perspectives on a bunch of different topics, you know. We can help them uh, get their word out there, like you were saying before, and we can um, steal their friends.
0: Absolutely. I mean... Nonetheless, we are going to try and keep the rotation going here in the musical stuff. Uh, you know, it's not always possible to make sure that we don't have two metal musicians back to back or two rap artists back to back, but we are doing our best with the friend group that we have right now. But again, we are always looking for more artists and musicians to join us as guests on the episode. You don't have to be a friend of ours; we'll gladly be your friend. So make sure you check us out at Hangovers and Hand Grenades on Instagram, Hangovers and Hand Grenades on Facebook, and. Dwayne, thank you again Enjoy the rest of your evening And remember That's fucking good